Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, here we go with another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and this is turning into one of the biggest episodes of the week. It's definitely the most viewed and downloaded and all that stuff, and this is where we enter the enemy's domain. Um, You know, whenever you're coaching or playing or whatever and you're getting ready for that next week, You've got to do a full-on scouting report and know exactly what you're going up against. So what we're going to be doing today, we are going to study everything about the enemy. Now, we have a couple pieces of news, updates just on our end, uh, but we're going to spend a considerable amount of time on what exactly the Carolina Panthers do, um, keys and predictions to the game, what's going to happen, what we need to do to get the victory for the 49ers and to remain unbeaten, but also uh, just paying attention to everything that they do with um, players to exploit, exploit, uh, scheme tendencies, um, just guys we got to watch out for, different, all kinds of different stuff. So uh, this is going to be a very in-depth episode. So we've got a lot of stuff for you. If you have any questions, please make sure you put that in there. But uh, let's just go ahead and let's get started. So right off the bat, the Carolina Panthers were kind of written off. You look at what happened last year. They were one of the top teams in the NFL until Cam Newton got hurt. They end up dropping six games in a row um, and then get a win once they finally bench Cam Newton. They put Kyle Allen in there. He goes in and gets a win. Well, Cam Newton's supposedly healthy. He comes back this year, loses two games to start the season to the Rams and the Bucks. He is hurt. He is out. They bring Kyle Allen. Back in, he just wins four games in a row. <laughs> so they are four and two. They're in second place behind the Saints in the NFC South, and they've beat some decent teams. Not great teams, but decent teams. In this four game stretch, they won at Arizona. They beat the Houston Texans, which is kind of their uh, largest, I guess, ca- feather in their cap, however you want to say that. They beat the Jags at home, and then they also beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who beat them early on in the year. So they've already played them twice, and then they're coming off a bye week which is always scary because they've had two full weeks to prepare for this game against the 49ers. But not to fret too much, it's just you've got to be able to step back and say, look, you know, who is this Kyle Allen guy? And we're going to go through the entire offense, defense, and all that stuff. Kyle Allen is a game manager to a T. That's not an insult uh, by any stretch at all. He does not make mistakes. He hasn't thrown one interception. He does fumble a lot, though. Um, But he's just a guy that allows everybody else around him to do what they need to do. He's very, very accurate, and that's it. And because of their defense is so dominant, they're able to hold teams to very, very, very few points, and they're able to fight out victories just because they don't beat themselves, which is what the 49ers, you know, we're jumping a little 
little ahead of ourselves here. They're going to have to step up and force them to make mistakes. Uh, they've got to get to Kyle Allen, and we'll go through. I, I want to break down one of my specific things that's very, very key to this game is how Kyle Allen responds to the blitz. He does very, very well. But how he responds to four-man or three-man pressure up front, he does awful. So uh, lucky for the 49ers, that's the strength of our defense is getting after the quarterback and bringing pressures into the game without, um, you know, bringing five or more players. A very good job up front by our coaching staff, just making sure that we have the talent up front to go and get in the backfield. So uh, we're going to jump into the history of the matchup and all that a little bit more, but I've already seen a lot of questions, so let's spend some time on those. How is Breida doing? He's doing just fine. Um, you know, if you look back at the game last week whenever he went out, uh, first they, it was a head injury is the way it was classified for Matt Breida. Cleared concussion protocol during the game, but he was poked in the eye so bad it was just causing a problem where his eyesight was bad, so you don't want to put him out there whenever he's squinting trying to catch a pass, all those things. I, I don't think there's going to be any issues with Matt Breida in this game. Uh, you know, Tevin Coleman seems to be getting most of the snaps and most of the carries, but Breida's still going to be around that 15 touch per game. Uh, that's just what it's going to be. Uh, from Nick here, how much better will the offensive line play if Joe Staley plays, even if only limited? snaps. I hate to say this, Nick. I don't think that Joe Staley plays. Um, you know, he started resuming practice this week, which was great, but I, I just don't think there's any need to rush that. Obviously, if he could play, we are way better. <laughs> that uh, The biggest position of need for the 49ers right now is that right tackle position with Daniel Brunskill, but you never, ever rush a player back. And you just look throughout the NFL, you know, with what happened to Trent Williams with New York, he's refusing to play because they forced him back whenever he wasn't ready. You look at uh, KO Osimile up with New York Jets, they forced him back to it. Now he's going to be suing the doctor and trying to get his credentials taken away. And, and again, with Joe Staley, sometimes you have to step in and protect the player from themselves. Will Joe Staley play if they, he was asked to? Hell yeah, he would. Joe Staley doesn't, he'd say cut the leg off. Like, he doesn't care. But you've got to protect him from himself because there are bigger fish to fry down the road. Do we want to win this game in October? Yes. Do we want to prove to 7-0? and Yes. Is this a divisional game? No, it's not. Um, there's no need to rush him back now when we need him down the road. We still haven't even got to the hard part of our schedule yet. So you constantly have to step back and just say, all right, big picture here. We need Joe Staley for the rest of the season, not necessarily this game. Now, if everything checks out, um, you want to put him out there on third and long and all that stuff, I would love that. Um, you know, anytime we're in an obvious pass pro situation, whatever, even though he's one of the best run blockers in the history of the NFL. But I do not believe Joe Staley plays this week. Uh, we will see. Um, who, who knows? But uh, I, I think one more week, I think he'll be active Halloween, which was the goal, the early target date all along. Um, right here, I hate you. Yes, that you are a good judge of character. Uh, Barack O'Niner, thank you so much uh, for bringing the positivity as always. Love you, brother. <laughs> uh, he's joking, by the way. I know he's joking. No big deal. Um, real, right here. 
Um, where are these Niner vids? Got to get that Niner passion. Yeah, so here's the deal. I've uploaded them a few times. They have been brought down a few times. Uh, I put some little clips up on Twitter as best I can, and uh, here's what I got to say. This is just the way that it is uh, in the <laughs> with YouTube. They're doing a huge crackdown on NFL videos, and that's their thing. I, I get that. Unfortunately, the only way that I can put that out there is uh, little clips, you know, two minutes or less on Twitter, which I've continued you to cut up you can follow me there at jl underscore chapman but if you want the full breakdowns the good news is this instead of doing a 20 or 30 minute breakdown i'm now doing hour plus breakdowns of the entire offensive and entire defensive games unfortunately you have to go to my patreon uh to see those i had to put it behind the paywall because they kept taking it down and it gotta say this uh, We've had a handful of people jump over there already and have joined us over on my Patreon. There's a few different ways that you can do that. Um, it's You just have to sign up for the Frank Gortier. It's 8 bucks a month, $2 a game, and you're going to get way more video content than $2 worth, but we're able to put that money back in the podcast. So uh, a couple different ways you could do that. The Patreon app on your cell phone is probably the best way. It's a free app. Uh, just type in 49ers Rush Podcast. It's the first one to pull up and click uh, Contribute to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and it's year-round. We're breaking down every single game as soon as the coaching film comes out, usually Tuesday. And then even after the season's over, it's going to turn into your one-stop shop for all things NFL draft, where I'm going to be breaking down all of the draft prospects. Last year, we did over 150. I'm hoping to increase that. So it's going to cover you. So one, it supports the podcast. Two, going to give you way more video content than anything that you would want to see. And I'll say this as well. The people that have already joined, you know, just want to give a couple shout outs. They're loving it. We're getting a lot of different compliments back. And uh, everybody's already said, so glad that we signed up. A couple recent uh, people that have signed up appreciate it. Adam S., uh, Alan R., I don't want to put their full names out there. Andrew K., David T., uh, JPF, Kareem F., Rise, uh, which is one of the coolest names ever, Rise G and Rodrigo R. Those are just a lot of people that just signed up recently. And again, this is a comment uh, right here. This is well worth more than $2 a week. Already glad I signed up after I posted the first video. So if that's something you want, uh, I'm there for you guys. And again, this all just goes directly back to the podcast. So just want to say thanks for that. And sorry about that, Sergio. I'm trying to put it out there. I want everybody to see it too, but it's what it is. All right. Uh, what's going on with Marquise Goodwin? Short answer, we don't know. Long answer, doesn't look like he's going to be traded. Um, we spend the draft pick, uh, two different draft picks, to bring in Emmanuel Sanders. And the, our previous podcast was all over Emmanuel Sanders, if you want to go back and watch that. But immediately, the very next day, Marquise Goodwin is a healthy scratch from practice and nowhere to be seen. Uh, the coaching staff lets them know it's a personal matter. And I have to say this. Marquise Goodwin's one of the greatest humans in the NFL. He is an absolutely amazing man uh, and a great family man. His family has been through a lot of tragedy. Now, immediately, because we are fans and we love the 49ers, trade speculation starts to rise. And perhaps that is the case. However... We had to cut a roster spot because our long snapper, Nelson's coming off a 10-game suspension um, for PEDs, which is hilarious whenever you look at a long snapper being suspended for whatever. Anyway, um, now we had a roster exemption until today. 
Now, if we were going to trade Goodwin, it probably would have happened yesterday or today. It did not happen. Instead, they had to release um, our recent addition, uh, Matthews, Jordan Matthews, who we brought up once we had the injury to Debo. So because he was released today, Jordan Matthews, I'm thinking Marquise Goodwin's probably going to stay. It's still a possibility, but you're with him and his contract. I doubt you could get more than a six-round pick back. Um, and he still offers a lot of very unique things that Kyle Shanahan to do. Probably the fastest player in the entire NFL um, and a great teammate, great locker room guy. Uh, you want to keep him. If you're only going to get a six back, I don't think that it's worth it. And with whatever's going on with his family, um, he's had a lot of issues. Well documented if you want to look into that. I hope all is well, and I hope that he dresses. Right now he is questionable for this Sunday. Um, but the one thing that we can say, Kyle Shanahan was asked, man, what are we going to expect from Emmanuel Sanders? Is he going to play? He said, yeah, he's going to play. He paused, and then he goes, he's going to play a lot. <laughs> and Emmanuel Sanders has been in the facility past 10 p.m. Um, ever since he's been traded here, studying with Garoppolo, Wes Welker, the wide receivers coach, Kyle Shanahan. He's just been working. So I'm expecting him to play a lot. Um, now, uh, moving forward, the Panthers have beaten the 49ers over and over again. That is correct. What is our main area of improvement that's going to change this? Uh, glad that you brought that up, and here's the deal. If we look at just the history of this matchup, the Panthers lead the 49ers. We played 21 times. They beat us 13. We've won eight. Um, and the 49ers have lost six of our last seven. So you are exactly correct. Now, if we step back and just look at some of the injury issues that both teams have, our injuries are well-documented, both tackles, Akella Witherspoon, Juice, those are kind of the big ones, okay? Um, Debo is back. Dante Pettis is somewhat questionable, but I think Dante Pettis is going to be just fine. So our wide receiver core is going to be the best it has been in quite a while. Um, I do fully expect Emmanuel Sanders to be close to the league le or the team leader in wide receiver snaps. So he's going to play. He's going to play a lot. Uh, now, if you look at them, they have some issues as well. You know, Kwan Short, their best defensive tackle, he is on IR. Trey Turner, their guard, seems like he's going to return this week, which uh, unfortunately for us, that's what it is. He is a huge behemoth of an offensive gar uh, guard. He is a power kind of run game. Uh, he just takes up a lot of space. Imagine Vince Wilfork at guard. That's who Trey Turner is out of LSU. Uh, Greg Little, their rookie offensive tackle, is questionable as well. Um, he's played very, very well. But uh, that's kind of where it is. So they've got some injuries. We've got some injuries. And let's see what the money says because whenever I finished my report yesterday, it's already changed since then. I want to refresh it because it might have changed again already. Now, uh, the spread has bounced up and down. First, we were plus five, uh, minus five, then minus five, uh, five and a half, then minus six. It even in sub sites, I saw we were minus six and a half. Now it's down to five and a half currently. Okay, the over under has moved around tremendously as well to 41 points is where it's at now. It's changed within two points. Just people don't know how to bet the 49ers and the money is loving the 49ers at home. The money line is minus 230, which basically means 
If you put $100 down on the 49ers winning straight, um, basically what you would get paid back is about $77. So you bet 100 to get 77 back is the way that that works. So uh, if you want to bet the money line, that's great. And if you do want to bet, I got to tell you this. I got to brag a little bit. We won another big bet uh, this morning, which is great news. So MyBookie, the sponsors of the show, great website, MyBookie.ag. Head over there if you want to bet with us. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS. They're going to double your initial deposit. Now, we have been just killing it (laughs) throughout this season. We do bets of the week every week, and I've got a new bet of the week, a lock, and I've got another big parlay, which we hit on last week. And if you bet that, you won five times your money with us, which was a lot of fun for me and everybody else. But here's the deal. We want a new bet today. I told you guys as soon as Drew Brees' injury took place, there were bets all over the place about how many wins the backup quarterback would get, Teddy Bridgewater. the My bookie put it at seven and a half wins as a starter. I told you to bet the under. He got close. <laughs> he got close. He won five straight games, but Drew Brees is now back, and he has announced the starter. So barring another Drew Brees injury, uh, we got paid off on that bet and relatively well as well. So uh, that one's probably going to be cashed out. I feel very, very confident in that, even if Drew Brees does get hurt again uh, the amount of games he's going to have to not only start and win going forward, uh, I think we're going to get paid on that one. So let's talk about our bets this week. These are the bets of the week. All right. So again, head over to mybookie.ag, the number one most premier sports betting site online. You bet, you win, you get paid. Very, very easy. Here's my bet of the week. If you go to the NFL and you click props builder on the left side of their page, and if you have a hard time with this, just message me on Twitter. I'll help you. There is a bet right now. And I had to dig deep to find it. They have a bet that the 49ers will only kick one and a half field goals. That's what it's at. So if the 49ers make two or more field goals, we get paid. Now, if we look at what the 49ers have done, they've only attempted uh, two or fewer field goals once this year. I think this is going to be a big-time kick game. I am taking the over um, on making two field goals. Now, I understand Robbie Gold has missed his fair share of field goals, but he's made three in a row. And he's back home. We're in San Fran. The weather looks much better than what it did last week. I really do think that this is going to pay out. Now, it's at a negative 141. So, again, you bet 100. Basically, you're going to win 86. Um, So that's my lock of the week. Okay, again, click on Props Biller. Click on the game, San Francisco versus Carolina. You go down to player props, and San Francisco over one and a half field goals. That's my lock. Now, parlay of the week, baby. Let's go. Let's make some more money, okay? Here's It's four different games. You can pick one of these or all of them. If you parlay your bets, you bet very, very small to win a lot of money. Okay, so here we go. This is to multiply your bet times five if these four things happen. Number one, I'm taking the money line in the San Francisco, which means San Francisco just has to win the game by one. The second bet, I'm parlaying, mean I'm combining all of these. The Rams money line against the Bengals. They're favored by 13 and a half. The Bengals are absolute trash this year, which we have seen. Uh, so those two games, I hate betting on the Rams, but I do believe there's it's going to be very difficult for them to lose against that team. The Jets to cover, they get six points. 
So they can lose by uh, anything short of a touchdown, and you still get paid. And then the Redskins plus 16.5. Um, I love that bet just because I do believe in their defense. Um, they've got to do something. And, again, that's kind of the biggest one. If you don't like one of those bets, that's okay. Um, keep that one out. You can add the other three or pick one. But if you bet 10, you win 50. You bet 20, you win 100 if these things hit. So, again, San Francisco money line, Rams money line, Jets to cover with the points and Redskins to cover with the points as well. So uh, Redskins are getting 16 and a half and the Jets are getting six. So pretty excited about that bet. I, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, and hopefully you guys will join us because, man, like I said, we have just been crushing it. Now, before we jump in, to the rest of the scouting report, I do want to allow you guys just to get some questions in and see what's going on. Um, is Cam still studying film with the new hair? <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm just going to let that one go. That is awesome. Uh, great question. I need to screen these uh, comments. Uh, anyway. Um, if we know Kyle Allen throws quickly, doesn't that help our secondary jump routes? Yes and no. Um, here's the deal. Kyle Allen is not a deep ball thrower. I, I'll give you the stats later on, but he he's not a deep ball guy. What they have been able to build on the offensive side with the Carolina Panthers is a bunch of basically running back type wide receivers. Just get them the ball in space and allow them to be kind of difference makers. If you look at Curtis Samuel uh, out of Ohio State, if you look at DJ Moore, who a lot of 49ers fans loved, and a lot of draft crushes on him out of Maryland. And here's the thing. They're not really wide receivers. Um, they can run decent routes. Both have very high drop rates. Both have fumble rates very, very high. But once they have the ball in their hand, they are running backs. And the best wide receiver on the team is a running back, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, who I think is the NFL MVP at this point. He is unbelievable. So you have all these different guys on the field that are playmakers, and you if you jump a route, you better be right because if you miss a tackle, they're to the house. They're all that type of player. And then you have your possession guy over the middle with their tight end, Greg Olson, who's been in the NFL for a while. So, uh, yes, you want to get there quick, and I think that we will have an opportunity to get a lot of pressure on Kyle Allen and to jump routes. We have, you look at the amount of, you know, uh, turnovers we forced, we have second in the NFL on that. So hopefully that can continue. Do you think we can stop Metcalf? No, I don't. Um, I don't think anybody can stop Metcalf. But what you have to do, you know, the old sports center quote, uh, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. You cannot allow him to turn first downs into touchdowns which is what Christian McCaffrey does. He's going to get first downs. And again, back to this point, everything that Carolina does is death by a thousand cuts. They're not home run hitters with their play call. What they are is hooks, screens, drags, crossing routes, slants, get the first down, and then allow the athlete to break a tackle or to uh, fly past this uh, safety and then turn that into a touchdown. This is what Christian McCaffrey's done all year. Uh, just a simple check down. He makes two people miss in the open field, and then he takes it to the house. So what we have to do is allow them to get their first downs, which sounds very, very strange. And force them to have that long, methodical 13-plus drives uh, if they're going to score. If they can do that against this defense, you got to kind of hold your hands up and say whatever. But what you cannot do is allow those three plays, 80-yard drives because we missed two tackles on a play against Christian McCaffrey. So if you look at Fred Warner, 
Um, our outstanding linebacker and Quan Alexander. Again, we, we have one of the better linebacker cores in the NFL. However, their one weakness, those two guys, is a ridiculous amount of missed tackles. So, um, you know, Quan Alexander's played against Christian McCaffrey. They've played against each other. They know each other. They were in the same division for a while. We just got to make sure we do not miss a lot of tackles. One of the key stats of this game is missed tackles. We'll talk about this just a little bit. Um, how much impact will Emmanuel Sanders have on the passing offense? Will it be dangerous as the running game? No, I don't think it will, especially this game. This Carolina Panthers defense is the best we have seen. It's much better than the Steelers, more complete than the Steelers. They don't have a weakness anywhere. They really don't on the defense, and they're getting Dante Johnson back, who was one of the candidates of Rookie of the Year at corner, um, but he lost his job. <laughs> Their backups are playing so well. Cockrell um, at, at the right corner position, he's going to stay out there. So they're moving now Dante Johnson into the slot. So they have three stud corners that are very, very physical and go after the ball a lot. This defense is for real. So will Emmanuel Sanders have a big role? Yes. Uh, will he get a lot of first downs? I believe so. But here's what's key. We have to make sure. <laughs> we have to make sure the run game works. If the run game doesn't work, this offense is going to struggle mightily. All right. So let's jump in now to the defense. Focusing on the Carolina Panthers defense, strengths, weaknesses, scheme, all those things, tendencies. Here's the deal. They have the second most turnovers forced, okay? Nine interceptions, six fumbles recovered. This is what they do. They love to have shuffle corners on the outside, and what that means is they'll line up um, and kind of like press man, but once they open their hips, they open with their back to the sideline, and they are reading the quarterback, eyes on the quarterback, because their job is to get hands on the ball. That's what they want to do, and it works very, very well. Again, you remember Josh Norman. He's kind of the prototypical corner for this type of defense. Uh, they get a lot of pressure up front, super athletic linebackers, and then they have have secondary players that want to get the ball. All of them have ball skills. Again, nine interceptions. They're second in the NFL in this category. Um, also, third in passing yards attempt. They don't let a lot of stuff behind them. And a lot, this is Luke Keekley because what they do is a simple uh, two deep corners, okay, which is very, uh, they, the response for the two deep. And then Keekley will drop back as deep as the safeties. It's, it's a hybrid of the Tampa two where you have this super athletic linebacker that uh, he's, he's close to the line of scrimmage and he can stop the run game or he can drop all the way down in the deep middle third and just keep everything in front of them and he never misses tackles, so that that's a big thing. So the fact that they are allowed to keep the pass yards per attempt really, really low, uh, that's a huge thing. So they get turnovers. They force you to settle on short, shallow passes. Um, so, for example, they allow 5.1 yards per attempt. The 49ers are averaging 7.3. That's a huge discrepancy. We're sixth best, best in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan's always really efficient at this. Which one's going to give? Um it's going to take somebody like Emmanuel Sanders, Debo, perhaps even Pettis or Kittle to catch those shallow routes and then fight through. We know Kittle can do it, but we've got to get somebody else to do it. Kittle and Keekley are going to be on each other all game uh, with some Eric Reed as well over the top. So I uh, haven't even mentioned Eric Reed yet. Uh, homecoming here, he's been very, very public just about how he's been excited to return to San Francisco. Uh, he, he wasn't very happy with the way things left. I don't think anybody was. And so this is going to be interesting. Now, 
What do the Panthers do bad? What are their weaknesses? Yeah, it's kind of rough to find. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, they are 23rd in the NFL in rush yards per attempt. They allow 4.7. That's a good thing. And 25th in the NFL in rush touchdowns allowed. Seven touchdowns allowed so far on the ground. This is where we have to win. This is where we have to exploit that. Now, Man, their defensive front is it's solid. Uh, you know, the 49ers, we have probably the best pass rushing defensive front. I think that they have one of the best hybrid defensive fronts where they have guys like Gerald McCoy in the middle, Don Terry Poe in the middle, and they've got beast edge pressures as well. So they run that 4-3 single high to cover two scheme. Some Tampa 2 with Keekly back there like I talked about. Um, but they are always reading the quarterback in the secondary trying to make plays on the ball. So double moves, play action pass, those big plays. If we can hit some of those big plays and sneak behind the corners in secondary, that's going to be huge. Um, now one thing that I did find was really interesting in their scheme versus 21 personnel um, it, it, they get kind of weird. Uh, 21 and 22 personnel. So whenever we get the first number is the running back. So uh, if we have two running backs, which the 49ers do a lot, sometimes they'll do a hybrid 5-3 look. It's the old 53 bear look is what it was called uh, back in the day. And what I mean by that is they'll bring their three defensive tackles or defensive linemen all inside. Then it's going to look like a 4-3 where you have your stand-up linebackers on the outside. But it's not a 3-4 uh, because there's three linebackers stacked on top of the defensive linemen. So you have eight men on the box, and they just it, it's a really weird look to get an extra player on the line of scrimmage, and their linebackers are so athletic, they're saying, hey, we can keep Keekly in the box because he's so damn fast and smart that he's also going to be able to ha handle the deep responsibility as well. So uh, this is one of those things that's really, really interesting to me because if Kyle Shanahan can attack this with his play action and get a mass prote max protection where he only has one or two wide receivers out at a time, he's been able to dominate this very, very well. So uh, it's going to be the number one matchup in this game is Kyle Shanahan versus Luke Keekley. If he can fool him once or twice, I think that we can generate some gigantic plays. I, I really, really do. Now, players to watch out for, as I said, Luke Keekley, all-pro linebacker year in, year out. Uh, defensive tackles galore, Vernon Butler, Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe, po, and their best one, Quan Short. He's on IR. Um, but those three guys in there at the same time is frightening. Um, edge pressure's great, too. Mario Addison's got seven sacks. Brian Burns probably... Nick Bosa's main competition for defensive rookie of the year is playing against him this week. Now he's coming off of a wrist surgery, but he should be able to play. He's got five. He's had a sack in each game, five straight games. So Brian Burns, you know, the fastest defensive edge pressure in the NFL. He ran that four four at the combine. Uh, I think that you also have to throw in Devin Bush as well, but that's going to be fun. You know, it's good. This Nick Bosa versus Brian Burns. Uh, I could tell you this Bosa's going up against much more talented defensive linemen than Brian Burns. Brian Burns is going to go against Brunskill all game. That scares the hell out of me. I'm a little uh, scared about that. Now players we can exploit on their defense. I don't think that there is one. Um, as I said, this is a badass defense. They are very, very talented. So uh, curious to see how that's going to go. I believe in Kyle Shanahan. And if we can move the ball like we have been able to, 
my view on this team is going to shoot through the roof. I think we're in the playoffs. I think we're a playoff caliber team. I think that we should win the NFC West. But if we're able to continue to look the way we have um, when we're not in the mud bowl, this week against this defense, then you just got to kind of step back and slow clap because it's going to show you this game has the potential to show us what the ceiling of the 49ers are. We're already legit. We're already the contenders, uh, one of the main contenders in the NFC West. But if we can come out of this game offensively and show um, that we can move the ball and put up points, then holy cow, uh, it's go- it's going to be a thing to watch. So really, really excited about this. Um, Shanahan seemed concerned that Toy Lolo might miss the game um, and is irreplaceable in terms of blocking. Is this a major cr- uh, crisis for us? How nuts is this, right? Uh, the fact that Levine Toy Lolo is somebody that is irreplaceable, but he is with these uh, makeshift tackles. So curious to see what's going to happen. Um, I, I'm sure that they're working some stuff out there, but it's going to be a whole lot of Roz Dwelly. I, I, I tweeted out this week, Roz Dwelly's going to see a career-high snaps this week, even before Toy Lolo was possibly going to be out. He is going to be out there like crazy. Um, so... It, 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 it's what it is. I'm not sure what to do, but it, it, we're just short of personnel, and you can't really bring somebody back out there because you have to know the system. We're already down to our backups, um, so that's what it is. Let's see here. Shanahan has always found a way to scheme to protect Jimmy G, even against the best defensive lines. Any reason he suddenly will be unable to do so this Saturday? I don't think so. You know, um, Jimmy Garoppolo still, he's in the top four as far as quickest to get rid of the ball. Uh, Kyle Allen's kind of close to the average. We had a question earlier about, man, they just get rid of the ball so quick, and they do. We're several tenths of um, a second faster than they are just on average. So, I think that we will continue to do so, and we just got to run the ball. 40 has been the key number all season, 40 rushing attempts. It doesn't even matter if we're efficient, but you hold the defensive line and linebackers honest, the secondary honest when you run the ball so much. It just opens up those passing lanes and keeps your quarterback upright. These are the types of things that we have to continue to do. Now, let's jump over now to their offense. And they've been special. Fifth in the NFL in points scored. Only thrown one interception all year. That was Cam Newton. Second in rushing touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey's special. Fifth in rush yards per attempt. They're averaging 4.9 rush yards attempt. So every two runs, they're getting a first down, essentially, which is special. Now, this is the key. They are dead last. The Carolina Panthers are dead last in fumbles lost in the NFL. Dead last. They have lost eight. They put the ball on the ground 12 times, and Kyle Allen has six of those. Again, I I know last week I'm petitioning the NFL and every single commentator to call the strip sack the D Ford. Now, I know he's only playing 15 to 20 snaps a game because of his knee, but he continues to get in the backfield and just swipe that ball out. I expect to see that very, very much this week. If we can get that ball on the ground... Niners are going to do a hell of a job. I, I think we're going to come away with the victory. I really, really do. Now, Scheme, they do 11 personnel almost nonstop. They've been doing a little bit more 12 personnel with Greg Olson um, and their other hybrid tight end as well. Um, Os- they move Olsen around a lot like Kittle. Even though he's in the game, they'll split them out. They'll put them in fullback, sniffer roll, all these different things. So uh, they move around a lot, but p- 
traditionally one running back, one tight end. They like to have three wide receivers out there. Now, tendencies, it's really interesting because what they do with their wide receivers, again, they do one of two things. Everybody runs shallow routes or everybody runs deep routes. And so they'll do four verts a lot of times, and what are variations of four verticals, which basically means both the outside wide receivers shoot straight down the field, your tight end shoots straight down the field, the slot shoots straight down the field. And what that's going to do is just open up Christian McCaffrey because all of the defense bells, and they're just going to throw a little screen, dump out, option route to Christian McCaffrey and let them go one-on-one one with a running back or with a linebacker and if he wins which usually he does he's got an extra 20 yards to work with so a big reason why those highlight plays keep happening for Christian McCaffrey is they're running off the entire defense and then they're allowing those underneath guys to kind of be one-on-one so uh, really really curious to see they're kind of telling with what they do because, again, Kyle Allen does not throw the ball deep. He's 3-for-13 on deep passes uh, through his four four and a half games as a starter. He just doesn't throw it deep at all. It's keep everything in front of them, and that's just what they do. Now, players to watch out for, again, Christian McCaffrey. I don't want to talk too much about him. He's the MVP, uh, nine touchdowns, 900 total yards through six games, 27 missed tackles forced. The guy, ugh. He's 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 beyond annoying. He forces almost five missed tackles a game. We gotta limit that number. Kyle Allen, on the other hand, okay, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. We talked about that. Talked about how he struggles with the deep ball. But here is a key stat: versus pressure with only four rushers. So you're not blitzing, but you're still getting upfront pressure. Only a forty-three percent completion percentage. Only forty-three percent. That's that's awful. Um, he's, he's had 10 sacks when he's not blitzed. So you can scheme up the stuff and maybe in some situations you want to do that. That's fine. Our front four has to be as advertised. We've got five damn first round picks at the defensive line position. This is the game that they should win. It's 100% up to them. 100% up to them. And here's the deal. There are players to exploit on the opposite side. Their center guard combo, not good. Matt Paredes, who's with the Denver Broncos for a long time, he has a 48.3 grade from Pro Football Focus. He has allowed the 10th most pressures in the NFL, not just with centers, across the entire offensive line in the entire NFL. 21 pressures allowed just by him alone. Now the guard next to him, Daryl Williams, seven sacks allowed. The second most of any player in the NFL. He's allowed seven sacks, 17 pressures. That's where we have to hit this team. Uh, You know, you've got D Ford, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead coming off the edge. They're going to do their thing. I don't think anybody can stop them. This game needs to be one in the middle. This is a DeForest Buckner. This is a Solomon Thomas game. If you will, that's a little scary, (laughs) a little scary to say that, especially after last week with the penalties, which interesting enough, he was not fined by the NFL for his late hit. Um, So we'll have to see what happens there. Now, a couple more quick questions that I want to jump into before I go through my predictions, keys to the game and tell you what I think is going to happen. How do you feel about their defensive line against our offensive line? Not great. Um, how do I feel about our defensive line versus their offensive line? I feel amazing. So I, I do give us the advantage there just because I think their D-line's wonderful. I don't think it's near the capability as ours. Our strength is a little bit more on the edge. Their strength is 100% inside. Those defensive tackles, uh, they are special, special. So, uh, But I do believe um, we are much better 
past uh, what they have. So uh, we definitely get the check mark there. We'll see who shows up, though, right? That's why we play the games. Um, Niners winning is new. Will our home crowd be loud enough to bother and disrupt the Panthers on offense? Here's what I can say. The criticism against Levi Stadium, it's been well noted. I've been to several games there whenever you know people don't know what's going on. But here's what I can say. I've, I went to the Rams game here in L.A., and we out. It was a 50-50 best case. The Rams fans were outnumbered. Uh, you look at what happened last week in Washington. Majority of them were 49ers fans. Now coming back, you better believe uh, Levi's is going to be rocking. I I am excited. Uh, the crowd is going to get in control. We've had back-to-back road games on both coasts, not in San Francisco. Um, so yeah, I think winning kind of cures all ills, which is sad, uh, but it's what it is in the NFL. It's what it is. So yeah, again, Bridgewater, uh, yeah, he, he's done. Uh, you know, (laughs) Drew Brees is back. So yeah, that's right. If you bet that one, we're going to be good with gold in the field goals. Did you see the forecast? Wind is going to be 20 plus miles per hour. Yeah, I do see the wind's going to be high. I don't care. I do believe we are going to be kicking the field goals in this game. I think we're going to have to once I get to my prediction. You are going to see that again. Um, Let's see here. I've never seen Jimmy Garoppolo bothered by pass rush, with the exception of the Vikings game two years ago. Who's better equipped to handle pressure, hits, and sacks, Jimmy Garoppolo or Kyle Allen? Man, you look at the game last week. Who would have guessed that two of the biggest plays of the game were going to be Jimmy Garoppolo scrambling in the backfield and rushing up the middle on a scramble drill? Um, You have to be happy with the way Jimmy Garoppolo has responded, um, especially in the pocket. And again, he's doing this with backup tackles on both sides. And so I've got to you got to give the nod to Jimmy Garoppolo here. Kyle Allen, he's only played in 5 games as a pro. He has never played against a defense like ours. Let's see what happens. Uh, we have played against defense. He's played against Aaron Donald's I think 3 times now. So um I I think we're going to be all right. I got to give the nod to Jimmy Garoppolo there. Again, what is he? 13 and 2 as a starter? Yeah, I'll take that one. Um well the Pan- Panthers do more play action because of our wide nine. Or focus on stopping C-Mac. We don't do... They don't do a lot of play action. They they do play action. Every team in the NFL does. But I, I'd have to say they've got to be closer to the bottom. Just in the last two games that I broke down. They don't do a lot of that. Um, it, it was kind of interesting. And even their play actions aren't like sellout fakes. They're not doing the Jimmy Garoppolo turn your back to the defense thing very often. They don't do that. Uh, they kind of sit up in the pistol or in the shotgun and just do that half-hearted, just like you know, staring at the linebacker. You put your arms down kind of half-heartedly just to get that one step out of the linebacker. So um, you take that for what you want. John, would you start Sanders in fantasy football? Probably not this week. Uh, maybe a deep flex best flex play at best. So if you have a very deep league, yes. But if it's like a two running back, three wide receiver, one flex, absolutely not. Uh, hopefully it's a PPR. But Kyle Shanahan does not target any wide receiver outside of Kittle. And so outside of that, there's no locks there. Um, here we go. Do you believe that our run D can stop Christian McCaffrey? Yes, uh, in the run game, I think we can. I am much more concerned about the passing game of Christian McCaffrey, the screen option routes, uh, just arrow routes, all those things. That's my biggest concern. Christian McCaffrey is going to get his. If he has 150 yards, I'm not really worried about that. I care about touchdowns and explosive plays. He's going to get the ball. He is going to be productive. You just have to limit those 30, 40-yard 
plus plays and the touchdowns. So I, I think I'm much more concerned about Christian McCaffrey in the passing game than I am the running game. I completely agree with that. Um, they did receive five interceptions from <laughs> Jameis Winston the last game. Yeah, uh, they did. And they're an opportunistic defense at best. Uh, that That is what they are. Uh, but we played Jameis Winston too. And so you, you can't really take those away from them. They they all counted. Um, but And they're getting their better cornerback back. I really do believe, uh, you know, you look at who they're getting back with their rookie last year. It's, it's, it's interesting to say the least. Um, all right, let's go to just a couple more questions before we end this. Um, can the Alabama Crimson Tide beat the Miami Dolphins? That's a great question. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, a lot of people would probably say yes, but again, um, the NFL, the jump between the NFL and college is is just huge. And so I would I would take Miami in that game, uh, even though uh, eventually, if you could keep, I'll say this. If you could keep the Alabama team together right now for five years and then play uh, once they matured a little bit, I, I'd be willing to take Alabama. Coaching 100% Nick Saban over what they got down there. Um, but, yeah, I think I think Miami would get the victory right here. So you have to acknowledge the fact that our defense will be vulnerable against play action, the wide nine. We'll be able to focus on stopping. Uh, everybody keeps asking this question about the wide nine. It is an issue, but, again, the idea is this. We have set a premium on hitting the quarterback and disrupting the passing game. So if you want to have those 13, 14, 15 play drives, which we have seen, uh, the first drive out there the last two weeks, a lot of success on those slow, methodical drives. But here's what happens next. Uh, Robert Sala is basically saying this. Go ahead. Go ahead. You take the time. You do seven-minute drives without making a mistake. You get one holding call. You get one sack. You get one tackle for loss, which Nick Bosa had four last week. You do one of those things, we're going to take you out of your game. So you have to methodically do this repetitively, drive in and drive out. And if you can do that, you can beat this 49ers defense. So we're going to keep our Y9 out there. And if you want to try to run it through the C-gap and kick out and try to ISO on our, our linebackers, that's great. Have fun. They kept trying to do that, and Eric Reed kept shoving his damn nose in there and getting in there and making plays. So... That's the game plan. Basically, our defense is saying, go ahead, execute perfectly for 13 plays each and every drive, and if you can do that, you can beat us. However, nobody has been able to do that. We've seen it one drive to start the game two weeks in a row. I'm fine with that. Is it frustrating as hell? You bet your end it is. But it's what it is, and this defensive philosophy has worked very well. We're leading the NFL in three and outs on defense. We're close to the bottom on offense on three and outs. So you keep those long, methodical drives on offense. You're stopping them from getting started on defense. That is just a wonderful makeup. So um, now predictions and keys to the game. The two most important things are turnovers and missed tackles this week. All right, here we go. These are my guarantees. If the 49ers force two turnovers... I'm guaranteeing a win. Not saying plus two in the turnover ratio. I'm saying if the 49ers can force two turnovers in this game, the 49ers win guaranteed. Um, I'm even going to say who I think is going to fumble. Uh, one with Kyle and Allen on a strip sack and one with DJ Moore, the wide receiver out of Maryland, second-year guy. Fred Warner and Quan Alexander are the most important players in this game for the 49ers. Four missed tackles or less for them is key. 
Again, as I said, Christian McCaffrey is forcing about five missed tackles on his own. If we can keep those missed tackles down, this game will get out of hand really, really quick. If we they force lots of missed tackles, the other way it's going to go. Another prediction. Solomon Thomas is going to get a sack this week, baby. Inside. I really hope that he continues to start, even with DJ Jones probably going to be healthy this week. Don't care. I want Solomon Thomas in there. Emmanuel Sanders is going to get at least four catches for three first downs. Ross Dwelly is going to be a huge impact player. Um, I expect, expect him to play way more than he has ever played before in the NFL, and that's even if Toy Lolo is playing. So here's my prediction on the game. 49ers will win 27-19. to It is going to be super close all the way into the fourth quarter. The Niners D will step up, force a turnover late, and then we are going to put the uh, game away with a field goal to make it more than a two-score possession. So uh, that's going to put the game up. I think that maybe they could score late, 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 but I this game's going to be close. This is going to be a fun football game. Really, really excited about it. But again, as I said, uh, I really do think the 49ers stay undefeated. Those key things, though, um, I, I, I can't stress it enough. Missed tackles and turnovers. I believe that we can win in both of those categories. So, if you didn't already, go back and listen to this. Uh, we're going to, the bets of the week are on there. Um, again, I'm betting more than two field, or more than one and a half field goals made, and then our parlays are on there. I'll put them up on Twitter as well. But we will be back, man, right after the game on Sunday. This is where we will be breaking down the show. Really do appreciate everybody. Thank you guys so much. The podcast blowing up, and it's all because of you guys. So thank you for all your support. Any likes, retweets, um, hit that bell so that you can join us when we do go live. Really do appreciate it. And, man, we'll be back soon. So until then, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.